Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's October 2nd, 2020. You're listening to the best PokerCast in the world. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. Oh, to have lots of money. I'm going to talk over you all day because that's just what people do now. <laughs> What's that? You talk, you keep interrupting me? Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you because, you know, I, I there was this really cool TV show that was on Tuesday night. It was like on every channel. And apparently that's how adults act now. I so. saw, I know what you're talking about. I I'm not talking over you. Again. I'm going to talk over you. You're a clown. <laughs> you just shut up, man. If I could just mute your mic, it would be awesome. But yeah. <laughs> you know, for years though, I've been saying they should do that. Remember that Around the Horn show on ESPN? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that would make so much sense. Or put them in their own boots, like they did on those game shows, where they couldn't hear. Yeah, twenty-one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it when Ben Stein's money? Right, they put him in the booth, and you could. Yes, that right? was a great game show. That's what he did. Do just put him in the booth, let him give the answer. But no, because then it would just be like they say, oh, it would just be like their own press briefings or their own press releases or whatever. So it's like I don't. I don't care i want to hear their answers you know but whatever <laughs> all those shows you just mentioned were better than the show i watched Tuesday absolutely nights. absolutely <laughs> love those shows <laughs> uh, all right the uh, poker stars founder isa scheinberg has been sentenced to a thirty thousand dollar fine and time served and a plea bargain over charges he faced from the black friday fallout it appears the judge was swayed uh, to not mandate additional prison time based on Scheinberg's efforts to make players whole by buying full tilt and paying off its debts and paying the U.S. government a $547 million fine. Oh, this this is just hilarious to me. It's hilarious. So, I mean, first of all, if you got money, you know, you, you're pretty good. If you don't have money, guess what's happening to you? <laughs> And then, hey, twenty to life. Hey, you, you gave us five hundred and forty-seven million. Give us another thirty grand, and you can go. <laughs> thirty grand—that's nothing. I mean, I'm happy that you know all those people got whole, obviously, and, and then they did all that and everything. But uh, oh, it's just so funny that you know, money speaks, man. It really does. You know, because you did all that for all those people, we're going to let you go for free, and it's good. I'm, I mean, I'm glad. I don't disagree with it. I'm just saying. It's remarkable that it, if that happened to me somehow, yeah, and I didn't have the money to buy out all the people and make them all whole. And you don't have the money. Chris. And I don't have the money. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> I've seen the bank accounts. Um, <laughs> and that I could even pay the $30,000 fine that he won. You know, it's just, uh, 
uh, whatever. You know, I, I and I had a feeling it was going to happen this way long ago when he was, you know, abroad and dodging everything. But wow. well, we talked about this too when he uh, he surrendered, right? So we're like, uh, why are you surrendering? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seemed like you have a pretty good life over there. And I think at the time we were talking about, it, I'm like, really, the only reason you would surrender at this point is because you have a pretty good feeling that you're going to be able to clean this mess up pretty quickly, and um, and not not painfully enough that it's not it's yeah. worth not being on the lam for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. So yeah. it seems like it is. I mean, he, this was like January, I think he uh, was extradited, so was uh, presumably in jail for the last ten months, nine months. Yep, yeah, less than that. And then thirty thousand, you know. All right, now you can go back to living a good life. So yeah, now you can go to that Swiss bank account that he dumped all the money in first before he moved here and <laughs> go live a great rich life again. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. So I think the the article says it's about like the ninth or tenth person that that's uh, their case has been resolved involved all this, and that includes Full Tilt and Absolute Poker um, execs as well too. Probably still some more out there, but um, Black Friday is getting farther and farther. In the rearview mirror now, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't time for us to retire? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. So, uh, speaking of uh, Black Friday being in the rearview mirror, the executive director of the Michigan Gaming Control Board says he expects online poker to launch in his state by quote late fall. You know what late fall is? We're pretty in pretty deep into fall right now, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two companies, Poker Stars and Party Poker, have applied for licenses. While interstate gaming isn't allowed under current legislation, a bill to allow the state to enter into compacts with other states to share player bases is working its way through the state Senate. I wonder what the uh, over-under number is going to be on how many states it's going to take before it happens. You know, How many states is it going to take before the feds say, oh, you know what, all right, let's do it. I mean, what's it going to be, 8, 12 uh, you know, I, I, at this point, I'm not even sure if there is a number for that. Uh, I mean, there's there's some stuff that uh, the federal government loves to control, and then there's some uh, some some other stuff that they're just quite happy not being involved in, right? Yeah. And I'm um, beginning to think that this is one of the things they're just not really interested in being involved in and allowing states to do it. And uh, if they want to combine their player bases, that's between them, and uh, they're just worried about something else. So I'm not trying to be pessimistic on it. I'm just not seeing any movement towards um, the federal government wanting to get involved in all this. Um, well, but, that's because the Senate is republicly controlled, so Republicans aren't really for gaming like that. So, right, I mean, I'm just saying, If I know it didn't happen in the past when Democrats controlled it, but... I'm just saying, now, it's a whole different era, you know what I mean? If something happens where the Senate is controlled and the House is controlled by people who are more willing uh, and open-minded about it, then maybe it could still happen. But but really, we've been under this sort of, you know, uh, regime. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. Regime. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. No, I, I see what you're saying. I agree with you in the sense that it seems like there's no rumblings in D.C. at all about this, but... Maybe it's just because of people have given up because they know who's controlling it right now, you know, and it's something well, else. I think it's anyway. one of the two things. It's either that or they're the fact that, like, again, as I mentioned, I'm like, you look at it, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, these states are doing fine with it, so let's just let them do it. And, yeah. and you know, we're not standing in the way of any other states wanting to do it if they want to do it. And they just get no money from standing out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody can True. finally come through and say, hey, guess how much money I can raise for the federal government if we do this? And then, oh, bingo, you're going to be a hero. You know, somebody's going to come through someday for us. I have a feeling. 
Could happen. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to be the rare optimist on this show. Yes, exactly. You be the optimist, I'll be the pessimist. It's like Bizarro Day. Yeah, it's like a Freaky, a freaky Friday. Friday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we say at the same time. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I'll be Lindsay Lohan. You can be Jamie <laughs> Curtis. <laughs> oh, man, I was going to go way back. What was, the, what was the other Freaky Friday? Oh, the original one? Yeah, I don't know what the original one was. The original one. I remember watching it, but I don't remember who started it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Today has been proclaimed International Raise It Up Day by the Women's Poker Association as part of its efforts to curb abuse at the poker table. Players are encouraged to go to the WPA's website at wpa.poker to download the event logo and then post a photo of themselves with the logo and the hashtag, the Raise It Up hashtag and their finger pointed in the air. Make sure you point in the air, not at somebody. Else. <laughs> Make sure it's not a certain finger. Yes. Right. Yes, it's the pointer finger. The it's the pointer finger, right? It's your index end, finger, uh, right? Exactly. Like it. oh. It's the index finger, right? Index, yeah. I was going to change that in the article, but I wasn't sure if there's a difference <laughs> that pointer finger. Yeah, the index finger, the pointer. Because it was awkward to say the pointer finger pointed in the air. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the number one, like number one, like raise it up. <laughs> Pointing up. <laughs> oh, but you know, so uh, you know, I'm not always a big one on these hashtag things. I'll be honest that, and you know, I don't usually change my um, Facebook background. I, you know, and I'm not opposed to that stuff. It's just not my thing, right? right. I like to be more right. uh, individual. Or, uh, but uh, I, I do uh, absolutely appreciate the uh, the goal of this, and they made it very clear. And uh, this is an ongoing effort with the Women's Poker Association as well, too. By the way. Um, but very clear that this is not just a women's issue. This is just treating people, all people at the table better. So, right. uh, um, and I think we should all really embrace that, right? Because, you know, no one likes to sit at a table with a jerk. Um, you know, and that's why it's good that Chris hasn't been at the table in a while. So <laughs> very nice. <laughs> the only time I'm a jerk at the table is when you're there. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> but in all seriousness, it is uh, it is rough playing the game. It's not it's no fun when there's somebody at the table that's intimidating or taunting someone, um, or more than someone. Lots of people, right? So right, when, you know, we're here to have fun. We're not here to to get into an argument and have you talk over me every time I try to talk. Exactly. Yes, right. that's rude. It's rude. Somebody should have <laughs> told a couple people that. But, yeah. <laughs> oh man! Oh, but, right. no, but I agree with you. The the, the it's it's like um, just because the WPA is doing it doesn't mean that we all can't get behind it. We should all get behind it, and um, very happy that they uh, continue this effort. You know, we we ran quite a few articles in the magazine um, by members of the WPA about this very subject, and uh, always promoting uh, women in the game and uh, fair play. So happy about it. Yes, and they also do a certification program for poker rooms on. Um you know that where they can train their employees to to spot this kind of stuff and treat it or deal with it in yeah, a proper yeah. way. So cool, fantastic. All right, here is this week's updates on casino and poker room reopenings. And look at that, I forgot to take the reclosings off, but yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do that right now yeah, while everybody yeah. at home just sits there I'll breathlessly waiting for you to finish. <laughs> right. there, All right, here is this week's update on casino and poker room reopenings. See, it's all positive now. <laughs> In Oklahoma, River Spirit Casino, Tulsa, and Downstream Casino Resort have reopened their poker rooms. In Mississippi, Beau Rivage has reopened its poker room. In Wisconsin, Oneida Casino in Green Bay, home of the Packers, has reopened its poker room. Uh, they're 3-0, by the way, Chris. How are the Giants doing this year? Oh, they're 0-3. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm uh, running toward the number one draft pick without our star running back. 
who's out for the season. It's great. Oh, man. In Nevada, Harris Laughlin and Harvey's Lake Tahoe have reopened their poker rooms. In California, Saquon Casino has reopened its poker room. In Arizona, Fort McDowell Casino will reopen on October 29th as Pa Casino Resort with a five-table poker room. Anti at magazine.com slash reopen list. Verified details on casino and poker room reopenings. If you have any updates, email us at editor at anti at We are also emailing a weekly e-blast with updates that you can subscribe to on the homepage at anti magazine.com. And a lot of these updates uh, came from people emailing this week. So uh, quite a few of them. So yeah. Five, six, seven, eight, nine more poker rooms. So yeah. almost 170 now up to Chris. And I have to give you a lot of credit, too. You're really up on it. Like, I, the other day, I was like, oh, finally, I can post one that Scott doesn't know about. And then I looked at it, the list, and I'm like, you know what? Scott's probably not. Let me let me look deeper into our news, make sure. And sure enough, the Beauvage was already listed. I had gotten a release on it. And everything. I'm like, oh, I'm going to post this one for Scott. And then you had already done it. So you've really, really kept up on it with not only the emails from our, our fans and stuff, but just from diving deep into the, the feeds and news every day and everything. So hats off, buddy. You've been doing a good job with that. Oh, thank you. And certainly, uh, hats off as well to, well, lots of hats are falling on the ground now. Uh, hats off to, uh, our good friend Chicago Joe, uh, who, uh, does so much for the magazine and is a, the, I don't know what the badge is called on, uh, Facebook, but he's definitely a conversation starter, if that's yeah. not what his badge is on there. So he's also a pretty big news hound as well, too, and has helped us find some of this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. big deal. Uh, okay. So let us know if we're missing anybody. Yeah, that's right. Let us know. We'll keep doing it. You keep sending them. Uh, Any updates? Papes, the Any Up Fans free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site, is available everywhere. Details on how you can join can be found at bit.ly slash P-A-I-P-S. Games are on the 6th, 16th, and 26th of every month and rotate disciplines with a main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 free chips every four hours. Join the Any Up Fans uh, group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands, ask call the floor questions, or just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Antiup logo designs on merchandise at antiupmagazine.com slash shop. Buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and much more with your choice of Antiup Magazine, Antiup PokerCast, or the Antiup PokerTour logos. Have a hand of the week or a listener spotlight or call the floor submission. Email us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or post them in the Antiup Fans group on Facebook. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com. And if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we send them something cool. comes from Matt Hayward. Uh, Pre-COVID, players could readily order food and drink at the table, though COVID restrictions may change some of that. My local casino allows paying for food with the chips in front of you, and from what I understand, most casinos do. Should this be allowed since we have rules about taking money off the table otherwise? I realize that the casino is in the business of making a profit, but my problem here is twofold. One, you are enabling an angle shoot where a person could siphon chips off the table over time. Wait staff are not always available or speedy in getting around, so a person might take some chips with them as they go to the bar, only to pocket them and pay by card slash cash. And number two, even if transactions are only done via waitstaff, players often receive their change in cash, not chips, to go back on the table. A person is still milking the situation, particularly if they hand over a chip or chips much greater than the price of the food or drink. For example, they use a $25 chip for a $10 drink. This sounds uh, a lot like me at the Foxwoods. Yeah. <laughs> kind of in reverse, though. I didn't want to give the server any money. 
You wanted to keep it on the table. You I were giving to person, Chris. That's right. You would respect the players, not that that poor waitress. And then it sounds a lot like me on Derby Day, except not the opposite. <laughs> or I don't want money coming off your stacks to go into your stupid Kentucky Derby pot. So I've, I've got hit with both an uppercut and a you know right to the face with this listener spotlight. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I've I've really enjoyed uh, the back and forth I've had with uh, Matt this week when we've we've gone through this because um, uh, certainly getting to understand his viewpoint a little bit uh, more, and and I think he's getting to understand mine as well too. So, a um, couple things I'll just randomly throw out here. Um, one, uh, I, I don't know any casino that doesn't allow you to pay for food or drink uh, with chips. I'm sure there might be some out there, but I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember of any that would not allow you to do that. So it is very commonplace. Uh, uh, so the, the, the angle shoot thing, I think, is a little bit of a stretch. And the reason I said that is obviously it depends on the stakes you're playing for. So you know, a five ten game with a thousand dollars in front of you on the table, you know, buying a ten dollar burger is not a big deal, right. I don't think. Um, but if you're playing a one dollar, two dollar with a forty dollar minimum buy in or something like that, that same ten dollars uh means something more, right? Um <clears throat> But really, the, the the bigger thing is the reason that casinos have the non-rat-holing rule, right, is so you don't lock up a profit and then continue to get to play, right? So so think of an example. Uh, I move all in and uh, Chris calls and I get all of his money. Um, then, uh, then I'm like, oh, hey, I want to take all that money I just got from Chris off the table, but I still want to stay here and play. Right? right, so and that's just not cool because you you need to have players have the chance to to get it, and if you don't, if you want to lock in that profit, your choice is to get up and leave. Right, right. So that's really what we're talking about. So, you know, it's it's really kind of, in my opinion, a long con to think that you are rat holing by taking ten, fifteen, twenty five dollars off the table over the course of a session, and have it really add up to mean anything. Um, but certainly in a one three game, it might. But uh, it does seem like I, I don't really know of. I don't think I can ever say I've ever seen anybody do this as a strategy. I've seen people just do it as convenience, right? No, so, I mean, you'd have to be like Kobayashi, right, in training <laughs> to go there and to make it worth your while to spend that much money on food that you've gone south enough that it actually affects the stack and everybody at the table. You know, one drink or one sandwich isn't really benefiting you with the victory at the table it's feeding you so you could stay there longer I, that stuff doesn't that stuff doesn't bother me it's regular true going south that you know rat holing is the better term but yeah. um but yeah I, I didn't want to interrupt your point but really for you to actually take food off the of the cart and pay for it with your chips and make it be a real significant thing even if it's a one two game you know and you pay ten dollars and you got 50 in front of you i mean okay so it's one fifth your stack but how much are you? I mean, how much is that going to matter at the? Oh, he had forty twenty minutes ago. Now he's got thirty. Oh, geez. Oh, we can't play now. There's not enough money for us to worth here playing for. You know. I mean, so it's really kind of minor. Uh, I would think food and drink. It'd be one thing if they were like, hey, they were selling cars in the lobby. You know. <laughs> then it'd be worth. Then it'd be like, okay, you can't pay for the car with your chips, but uh, hamburger, yeah, I think that's all right. 
Well, and then there's reverse, too. I mean, again, when you think of rat holing, you think of what I, the example I just gave of locking in a profit, right? But when you take money off the table, that's money that you can't win back either, right? So um, so that, that, you know, if we're talking these low stakes where that 10 or $25 means more than the higher stakes, uh, yeah, I can get it that maybe you're trying not to lose that money, but you're, you're, you're actually costing yourself the ability to make money that yeah. way right yeah too so that's that's why in my mind it's it's if it's a strategy that people are using it's a pretty flawed strategy i think um for that now the other thing that was interesting is i i don't know any poker room here in the states and, and matt's from australia so it's a little bit different so a couple things one he you know his beers are like ten dollars each over there he said so that's a little bit different than here in the states, where even if you had to buy beer, most casinos comp them. But if you do, I'm like it's like four bucks maybe, yeah. <laughs> plus a tip. Yeah. Um, if you're so inclined to tip, uh, neither of you is inclined to tip. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, there's that. But I, I, I don't, I, I don't know of any poker room in the states that allows you to take chips off the table and go to the bar to use them. You know, I think the, the chips have to be on the table, and then if the you know wait staff is there, you're they allow it, but it's not like you can just pick up, you know, 50 bucks off your stack and go to the bar. So, which seems like it, it is allowed there. So that makes it a little bit easier. That, that, that changes the dynamic at that point, because now, as he said, you could take the chips and then go pay by Carter cash and then pocket the chips. That That is a completely different thing. But I, I just don't know of any place. I've never seen a place that allows you to do that. No, the thing about it though, is, I mean, if you're playing high enough where you have black chips in front of you, and, and even green chips or whatever. But, I mean, seriously, you have a stack of blacks in front of you, and then you win a pot, and you take the black, and then you palm it and say, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and then you put in your... I mean, no one's going to catch you with one chip off. You know what I mean? Especially if you did it after you won a pot. There are ways... People are very good at angle shooting and at, you know, just pure rat holing. Um, right. So it's, it's a difficult... Uh, way to police people. There's, there's no way you're going to do it. But yeah, I, I don't remember ever being able to get up and go pay for things. You know, I mean, yeah. if you leave the table, you're supposed to leave your money there, and if you get caught, they'll they'll throw you out. I think so. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, and that was weird too when he said the wait staff will give you change in in cash. I've, I, you know, here's another thing too is I never played poker and ate at the table, so I don't know about that. I've watched people do it, and I've never seen them pay with chips i always see him give a credit card or cash um but i've never actually done it so i've never actually seen anyone get it oh, oh I, I pay with chips all the time so and do yeah, they that, give you cash back uh, it, most places do i think okay. obviously if they have chips on their tray and you ask for chips back they will give chips back okay. so so yeah i mean there is to his point there is money chips coming off the table with casinos that allow this um but the flip side, and uh, and I don't know really when or if we're going to get back to this, though, is that the reason that um, casinos allow or, or started to allow food and drink to be served at the table was to keep you in the seat longer, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously they make a little money off of that um, stuff that they if they sell it. I mean, if they're confident drinks, they're not, not making any money off. They're actually losing money, right? But um, the, the goal is to keep you in the seat. So, I mean, I was explaining to this, Matt, too, that it, it, it's a kind of a relatively new phenomenon in for most of the United States, I think. I mean, it was probably 15 years ago when I first went to California with FASO, and 
and uh, I saw people eating at the table and, and great meals, and I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah. And then since then, it, it, it spread everywhere else. But back in that time, I think it was really only California that I saw food at the table. So, And even at that time, I was talking to poker managers and like, oh, yeah, we're never going to let people eat at the table. I mean, we're going to have like barbecue sauce and chicken wings all over the cards and chips. That's ridiculous. Uh, well, but then it happened, right? So yeah, yeah. it's very hard to find a room pre-COVID that didn't allow you to eat at the table. Um, so, so that was the reason for it was to keep you at the table. And that's a, that's a good thing, right? Cause there's nothing more frustrating. I think well, there's lots of things more frustrating, but it's definitely frustrating when you're sitting at the table and two guys get up to go for a two hour lunch break and that seat is locked up. Right. Yeah. So you would rather have them at the table playing, and really, I prefer them eating at the table because they're distracted. Distracted, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so you, so it's one of those things where I think you're looking at it one way, and you really should look at it differently. Now, all that being said, it's COVID now, so really don't know. Like I said, when food and drink are coming back, or if it ever will. I mean, it's probably one of those things where it's, it's kind of a correction for the poker room managers that never really liked having food. Um, now they have a great excuse not to have it, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if drinks will be a little bit different story, but um, but but I would be really uh, at, at this point. It's hard for me to imagine too many poker rooms bringing food back anytime soon. Right, and, not for a while. It will come back, just not for a while. Um, and to that extent, then maybe uh, so. One of Matt's questions and the follow questions was like, you know, so you know, are, are the poker rooms going to have to change their policies on meal breaks and things like that? because of that and you know maybe they will i mean maybe they should they'll probably cross out when they get to it but um i can't believe you brought up the california food store i didn't say anything about green tea ice cream yeah the green tea ice cream is so good <laughs> so so good how did you not say that i thought for, yeah. i was like waiting for you to say it and see i was polite i didn't interrupt you the, the <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a career in politics i do not i do not uh, uh, you know, the amount of green tea ice cream I've had since California when I first covered it there is uh, staggering. Wow. That, that is some good stuff. So, yeah. But really, no one, no one's done better food than California. Even I mean, even 15 years ago, those those were like big noodle bowls. And, oh, man. God. <laughs> Take me back. We could play like good games out there like we were playing at the stud. And I smell sake. another 10,000 calorie challenge coming yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, noodles. Are green really tea healthy. and noodles. They had some noodles, yeah. <laughs> So we'll see, but uh, but Matt, yeah, I think uh, it's a good question to bring up, but uh, yeah, I don't think you need to lose any sleep over it. But, yeah. but thank you for bringing back the listener spotlight, which had been hibernating for months now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of hibernating, O'Malley's move got a brand new episode. Here it comes. Welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are playing at our regular $2-$5 No Limit Hold'em Casino Cash Game. It plays very similar to other 2-5 games, but there are some pretty massive stacks in this one. When we sat down, the biggest stack at the table was 3000 and since we're allowed to buy in for up to half of what the biggest stack has, we bought in for 1500 That player has since left, and we are now the biggest stack at the table with 2200 but there are two other stacks at more than 1,500, and only one stack has less than 1,000, a short stack with about 350. We've been playing for close to four hours. The blinds post, the under the gun wants to straddle, but does it too late. He flips his limp in blind. 
The plus one folds and the action is on us, again with 2200 and the nine of spades, nine of clubs. I'm going to make a raise here, knowing full well our maniac under the gun could come over the top. We make it $25 to go. It's folded to the button who raises us to 80. He started the hand with around 1600. I wasn't expecting this. This player has been playing fairly straightforward, but hasn't yet shown down a hand. He has raised on a few occasions, and I can't remember him checking any flops. So either he's getting good cards, or he's a 100% C-better a la Barry Greenstein. The small blind and big blind fold. The under the gun looks pained as he's trying to make his decision. After some grumbling, he folds. I like our hand, but since our opponent could have an overpair to our nines, or simply something like ace-king or ace-queen, I'm content to call and go to a flop. The pot is around 165, and the flop is the tray of hearts, tray of diamonds, deuce of hearts. This doesn't exactly crush my range, as I was a pretty early raiser and then just called. In fact, I'm pretty sure we're playing our hand mostly face up. What else could we have other than a middling pocket pair? We check. Our opponent leads out for 100. I'm not going to go away that easy, but I think getting a better hand to fold with a check raise is a little far-fetched. Plus, if he has something like ace-king or ace-queen, we kind of want to get more value out of those hands on later streets. We call. The pot is now at around 365, and the turn is the jack of diamonds. Once again, we're going to check. Our opponent takes his time counting out 200 and puts it into the pot. So, an overcard just hit the board. What's the move? It's time for the AdvancedPokerTrain.com Hand of the Week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at ntfmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Brandon Howe is in the house, Chris, and he has uh, eight hands he has sent us. We're not going to do all eight. We're going to do one, uh, one a week. Um, and we'll, we'll mix them in with other people, people shun other hands, but, uh, uh, he's got eight here. So let me see if he gave us any, um, uh, let's see. I'm going to interrupt you. Who, who's the famous pitcher who used to throw a knuckleball in the league? Same last name. Uh, oh, Charlie Howe. No, Huff. Huff. Charlie Huff. 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 It's Brandon Huff. Oh, Brandon Huff. Okay. It's not Howe. Could be. <laughs> How is H O W E? This is H O U G H. Is Huff Brandon Huff? All kinds of weird spells. Huff and Puff. Huff and Puff. Huffle Puff. I'm thinking of Puff the Magic Dragon. Look at this. Show's got so off the rails. Oh, see now I'm thinking of Hufflepuff from Harry Potter, but you wouldn't know anything about that. No, no. I actually somebody asked me the other day whether we were Harry Potter fans, uh, Laura and I, and I'm like, I have not watched any of the movies. I'm not reading the books. I know nothing yeah. about Harry. Yeah, you gotta watch the movies. But Daniel Radcliffe, right? Yeah, Daniel that, Radcliffe. That much I know. All right, let's get on with the hand here. <laughs> All right, so this is a dime quarter uh, full ring game online. Okay. Uh, hijack, he says, makes a fairly standard raise to sixty-two cents, and it folds to us in the small blind with the eight of spades, eight of diamonds. Well, one of the things that. Um... I don't. I don't. I'm not a real big raiser with eight eight, unless I'm the first to raise. I don't like to just repop it with someone. I realize it's a hijack seat, and he could just be trying to steal the minuscule blinds in this little game. Um, but I don't know. I think in the small blind, it might look like you're just protecting 
you know, or, or whatever, uh, defending. So I think a call wouldn't be a bad thing, and if it comes all unders, then we might be able to, uh, you know, um, get some get some money out of this guy. But uh, to me, um, if I'm going to re-raise, you know, I'm going to make it fairly substantial because I don't – I'm going to be out of position if I get called. Any overcards come, I'm going to be, uh, you know. So – um, I don't know. If I'm going to raise, I'm going to make it big. So you said the guy made it like 60 cents. So if I'm going to re-raise, I'll probably make it like two, th- 250 or something like that just to say, okay, you want to call me? You know, it's going to have to be a pretty big big call on your part, and then I'm going to come firing after that flop. So, I mean, I, can, I could represent higher cards. It's just that you're never really going to know where you are, and you don't have positions. So for me, I don't really like a raise here, but I'm going to do it. It's going to be bigger than normal, I think. Not, not that I would do that all the time and oh, give away, oh, every time you do a bigger, you got a medium pair. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying in this situation, I don't like being out of position with a middling pair. So I would rather just call, maybe pop a set, hope the guy has an over, and take his whole stack. I don't know about you. Um, I admittedly, this is again why I don't like cash games. Uh, uh, to me, I, I kind of just feel like this is a um, set mining situation. I mean, I don't like playing a small blind almost ever. Um, uh, I certainly get the point in raising. Uh, the problem with raising, though, is if you get called, now you're really going to have to represent through several streets and and, um, and hope you can... For the most part, your strategy is at that point is to eventually push all of the opponents out of the, the hand, right? So mm-hmm. uh, unless you happen to flop your set, otherwise it's going to be really hard for eights to hold up um, all the way to the river. So, um, so to that point, that that's why I would call and set mine here. The raise was not significant; it was you know probably less than two and a half x or right at two and a half x, right? So yeah, yeah. it's not a dramatic raise. Um, and, uh, and really with, with medium pairs, I'll, I actually like more people in the hands. So if I can get the big blind to stick around, that that's going to be helpful to me. So I, I'm going to call. Yeah, yeah, I like the call because that way you, maybe you get it three-handed and then uh, you, you pop a set and you get somebody hitting one card, somebody hitting the other card, you might triple up. So uh, I like that idea too. Let's call. All right, our hero says, I don't like calling here. <laughs> uh, it's too hard to realize uh, equity out of position with a medium pair. I uh, raised to $2.11, and the hijackers are our only callers, so we're heads up. All right. Flop is the five of diamonds, six of clubs, four of hearts, and the pot is four twenty-five. And uh, he's not mentioned how much we have in our stack, so that might be important to know as we go, but... Don't have that information quite yet. Okay. Well, it's a 10 25 game, so he's probably got around 25 or so. Um, let's just think that's, let's just hope that's what it is. But uh, yeah, we, we have a nice little flop for our eights. We have a gutter as well. Um, so I, I don't mind betting, you know, two thirds the pot here, you know, whatever that would be. So it was like four something. So I don't know, like three bucks, three fifty, something like $3 mm-hmm. maybe, three ten, yeah. something like that. I might even go all the way to the pot on this. I mean, because we got uh, this is about as good as it's going to get aside from our flop set here. I mean, all unders and and as you mentioned, that gut shot. So um, at this point, I mean, I think we, uh, you know, we we were strong on the small blind, and now we got a, a flop that actually kind of works for us. You know, rather than aces or king or queen up there, that was going to really scare us, right? So at this point. If we can end this hand right now, that would be my goal. And if I can 
put four dollars and twenty five cents in my pocket from pocket aids at a small blind, that's that's pretty good value for me. I yeah. think. Yeah. All right, hero says I lead out here for three dollars and thirty five cents, a pretty substantial bet. I want to fold out over cards, and any card on the turn now is going to be ugly. Uh, see, all right, so now we're back on the same team now. Yeah. Uh, and our opponent calls. Hmm. Interesting. Turn is the four of clubs, so our board now is five of diamonds, six of clubs, four of hearts, four of clubs, and the pot is $10.62, and we are first acting. Okay, well, the board pairing kind of sucks, but you don't, at this point, really are worried about it. It's not like we think this person has a four in their hand. Um, if they had a set of fives or a set of sixes, and they were slow playing us, now they've voted up. Um, if they had an overpair... We're dead anyway. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, at this point, the call is interesting. I don't know if the call means he's drawing or if the call means he's floating and he doesn't believe us um, and he wants to see if we check the turn so that he'll steal it with Ace-King or if he legitimately has something like, you know, 10-10 or King-King or something like that and uh, it's just letting us donk bet. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I would probably still bet with eight eight here. I, I would think. I would think that I, I know it's hand of the week, and I tend to be skeptical sometimes, and I don't want to bet because I feel like we always lose the hands of the week. And I say this every week, but it's it's hard to not have that in the back of your mind. But if you're just going into a regular hand, and we're on the ship, me and you playing poker, and I have eight eight, and this is the flop, and that's the turn, and that's the betting. I'm probably betting again. So I'd probably bet around half the pot, five bucks, something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keeping the pressure on because again, this goes back to what we talked about pre-flop. That uh, when you're out of position with these eights, you're you're going to have to keep betting to push somebody out because your eights are probably not going to be good enough to hold up a showdown value unless you hit that third eight, right? So yeah. uh, we have to continue doing it. What makes it easier is that we're still got overs. Uh, we are our pair an overpair to this board. So and. Um, and like you mentioned, unless our, our opponent really is super loose right now, the four should not have changed anything here. So other than put a flush draw on the board. So at this point, I mean, that's other than an eight um, or actually probably a seven. Uh, that was probably a pretty decent card for us to peel off there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Stayed under and uh, didn't really help to the person you think. So pretty good. All right, our uh, hero bets uh, $5.58, uh, half pot, and uh, our opponent calls again. Hmm. Okay, now I'm a little little interested because, it, it, you know, if he was drawing and then he missed his draw here and now we're still pounding it with more money and he's still, I mean, with one card to come, if he had a pair of sevens, um, you know, he might stick around. But other than that, I don't know what other hand he's sticking around with. Um, three, three, maybe. Um, uh, but we're winning that. Seven, so, eight. I mean, even though we have two eights, it's less likely that. But uh, if I had seven, eight here, I'd just be happy to let you bet yeah, all the down. Yeah. But I'm Not, thinking of the raising. You know, the, it's just weird. Yeah, somebody be a suited connector seven, eight. From, yeah. I mean, from hijack. So I mean, yeah. it's not like it was early position. So yeah, I, I think seven, 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 eight, three, three, and an overpair. Are the one I, I would think the overpair though would come alive. At, yeah, I think an overpair would have would come alive, re-raise, right? So I feel like it, it may. Jeez, it, could it be seven seven? Because it's it's not over us, but it's under eight eight, and it's ah, uh, 
Seven eight, yeah, I guess seven like, eight. Really, the only thing that we're hoping for, I think, that makes sense, other than maybe pocket trays, right? So yeah. uh, that that we can beat at this point. Right. Uh, um, you know, I, there's, I just can't imagine somebody calling this way down all this money for a draw at this point. There doesn't mean doesn't yeah, seem draw. much sense of a draw. Unless it's a made hand to draw, like we said, like three three or yeah. seven seven. I would think though that the seven eight, even now the seven eight would wake up because the two clubs, the paired board, they'd want to know. Maybe yeah, more. yeah. I, I think I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I definitely would if I had seven eight there. I, I gave you one shot on the flop uh, to be confused, but now you're betting again, and and there's too much trouble out there. So yeah, yeah. So maybe we dismiss that now. Yeah. So I I don't know. It feels a lot like uh like the three three or seven seven. And maybe an overpair, but again, we thought the overpair would would wake up by now, especially with the clubs and the, the board getting, you know, you know, wetter. So I, I don't know. All right, well, let's go to the river. All right, the river is a seven of hearts. So our final board is five of diamonds, six of clubs, four of hearts, four of clubs, seven of hearts. Oh man, pot is twenty one twenty two, and we made it straight. We made our straight, and but now. The hands that we were talking about, if the guy had 7-8, we're splitting the pot. If the guy had 7-7, we're losing the pot. If he had 3-3, we win the pot. And if he had an overpair, we win the pot. So I think we're going broke. (laughs) 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 I don't don't think – I'm I'm probably going to check call here and hope he doesn't – hope he tries to value bet if he's got a better hand than us. And if he checks behind, I'll be like, hey, you know what? I just – I smelled out a hand that wasn't there, but – yeah. Um, sniffed out, but uh, yeah, it does, it, 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 I think it's always kind of interesting now when you actually hit your hand to check and slow down because you you obviously induce bluffs at that point, and that's what I would really like. I mean, if this guy was, go, I don't know what, it, what what he had where he was drawing and missed here because that doesn't make much sense. But um, at this point, um, you know, we've got a hand with showdown value. It may not be the winning hand. Um, but uh, this is definitely a pot control situation, I think, now. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, too, is that you don't have the nuts in any way, shape, or form. You have, like, yeah. even 8-9 beats you. Somehow, some guy at 8-9, well, you know, was like, okay, well, I'm going to steal it on the turn, but he had 8-9 of clubs. So he's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise to hijack. Didn't work out. So got to the flop. You bet into us, but now we've got you know, a gutter, we're going to float you because guys do that. That's what they do. They float. And then when we wake up and bet again on the turn, he's like, well, now I've got my club draw and I've got a gutter to the nuts hand straight. So a uh, straight hand. I mean, so, you know, it's possible. We don't even, we wouldn't even have the best straight. So it's possible. The guy has eight, nine of clubs. You just don't know. And then it's possible. He has seven, seven, like we talked about. So there are some yeah. hands that I'm, I'm afraid of here. It's not just one. So, yeah, those would be tough hands for him to turn over, I think. Yeah, yeah. no, it would suck. But I'm just saying, I, I don't mind the but check call sense. here. Yeah. You know, and if sense. the guy shoves, I'm going to have to think about it, but I'll probably end up calling. All right, our hero does check. Uh, he says, I just made a straight. His actions kind of smelled like a medium over pair to me or a small ace, maybe of two pair. Heck, maybe trips on the turn. So I wanted to stop and let him bluff or think he's value betting into me. My hand could also look like a missed straight draw. My opponent bets $22.33, uh, which is pot, which puts me all in the call. Yeah. Well, like I said, I I feel like I may have called uh, anyway just because of the fact that we made a straight and 
were hoping the guy has an overpair, and then he was just waiting for his moment to bet against us. So, you know, uh, it could be 7-7, seven, seven, could be 7-8, could be king-king, you know, or something like that, ace-ace, whatever. But I, I really think an overpair would have bet earlier. So... Uh, I don't think I can fold, you know. Yeah, this is where poker really sucks now because, um, you know, it, it's the proverbial why so much bet, right? At yeah. this point when yeah. we bet all the way and then we check and then our opponent decides to bet the entire pot, which puts us all in, if he had a really strong hand, that's not a bet you would make, right? You'd want to value bet. So, but to sniff it out, you have to be willing to call that bet yeah. <laughs> and be wrong, right? So that's what's really tough here. Uh, I the the size of the bet kind of surprises me a little bit, um, unless he had that that very strong made hand from the beginning um, and was walking us all away. But at that point, that that strong hand at the beginning had to be seven eight, right? Which um, we have the same hand now. Is this a safe space, Scott? Can I can I open up? To you in the Anti-Up Nation right now, and without fear of retribution, I gotta tell you, after 15 years of this, I think the hand of the week has ruined poker for me. <laughs> oh no! It, it, it's not ruined poker, as in like, oh, I don't watch it on TV anymore because of it. No, I don't watch it on TV anymore because of a lot of other reasons. But um, when I play poker now, I can't get the monsters under the bed out of my head. It's tough, right? Because yeah. of all the hands of the week where I just know that this guy is going to turn over 7-7, seven, 7-4. Seven, seven, you know, he's going to turn over something, 5-5. Five, five. He's going to turn over something that this is why Brandon sent the hand in. Because he's not going to say, oh, the guy had ace-king and he was bluffing and I won. No, we don't get that many people wanting to send in hands that are hero hands, you know, or look how obvious brag I am, you know. No, you just know that the guy got lucky on the end, and then you're going to want to say online poker's rigged, and you're going to hate it, and you're going to throw something across the room and make a dent in the drywall. But for me, it's like every time I play poker now, whether it's with the family or whatever, I almost never value bet because I'm always thinking, Ugh, don't open the betting up again. This guy's trapping me, or or don't waste any more money because you know he's going to turn over a better hand. You know? And it's like, because it's all of these hands we've done where everyone just about either gets sucked out on or just loses because they played to somebody who didn't know what they were doing. or It's so tough, you know? And I only bring it up because the show was short and I thought we could have a little more riffing here, you know? <laughs> but am I, am I wrong? I mean, did, does it ever go through your head a little bit when you're playing that, ah, uh, you know, I didn't play that right because I'm so scared half the time of all the stuff we've heard over 15 years on the show. Well, yeah, and I will say, again, I mean, I've been honest about this for the entire 15 years that I, I suck at the limit hold'em cash games. Yeah. For whatever reason, tournaments are much easier for me because, you know, people's stacks are, um, you know, finite at that point, right? So, or in cash games, they're nuts. So, uh, so I've always had that that. that that chip on my shoulder. Uh, but I think you're right. It does get worse the more you think about it. So, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to call here and I'm pretty sure as you mentioned, all the reasons you laid out that we're going to cry, but uh, <laughs> that's what I, exactly what I was going to do. I'm going to call but, uh, and cry. That's why they call it a crying call. <laughs> uh, so the only, again, the only thing that has me feeling a little bit, not, uh, uh, whip right now is the fact that the bed is so big at the end. And, um, generally, that big bet uh, is good for a hand that we have 
the, the hand we have right now. Yeah. So, not always. Although but. we always did say that online, more times than not, the larger bet than in real live poker, the large bet like that is a bluff. It, and it's not a bluff, I mean. It's that the, yeah. they, they yeah. think you're – because it, it's online and they can't feel it. And it's only – so they want to hopefully get you to think that whole, hey, why so much? And then they're going to call. So in live poker, a lot of times – it doesn't happen as often. At least it didn't happen to us that often. But in online, it happens way more. So – you're right. It could be one of those, hey, you know, why so much? And then boom, yeah. Because I got, you know, I got the nuts, you know, and you didn't have 4 4, you know, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, we're, I'm going to make the crying call, and I know I'm going to be crying. I just feel it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Um, our hero does call, and our opponent shows the seven of spades. We want to guess. Wait for it. <laughs> Seven of Diamonds oh, for a river full house. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. Um, all right, so should you have been expecting that? Well, I mean, we talked about from the beginning that, that uh, Pocket Sevens was a, a pretty good hand here as well, too. I mean, from the hijack, you're, if you're going to be the first in, you're always going to raise. You should at least, right? So right. that makes sense that he raised for the Sevens. Uh, flops the open-ended. Now we're betting, so you know he wasn't walking the dog. He was cautious, which is the two things that you do when you check behind twice, right? Yeah. Is that either you've you've got the made hand and you're walking the dog, or you were drawing, and that's what he was. He was drawing, um, looking for the straight, and got 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 an even better card. <laughs> yeah, and he had he had an overpair. He had a made hand, so he yeah, had the made hand open and draw. Was doing the same thing we were doing, so I mean, I would imagine, you know, when when he when our hero says wasn't expecting that, if that river was the eight, I'm pretty sure his opponent would would have said the same thing, right? right so, right. you know, we just got unlucky that his card came in and ours didn't. So, um, and both of them would have done the same thing, right? You know, yeah. would have yeah. made one of them a straight and one of them a full house, and that's that's brutal when that happens when you get a card that. Uh, Helps you, but hurts you. Right. We would have shoved the river if an eight came, and then he would have called because he would have made the same straight that we just yep. made, and then yep. it would have yeah. been the exact same thing. He probably would have called us. And wow, yeah, seven seven. It just smelled like seven seven because one, it's hand of the week, and two, he was raising preflop and then calling the whole way, and then shoving. So it's like, okay, what what hand does that? You know, other than eight nine. You know, so yeah, wow, that sucks. Well, we can look forward to more hands like that from Brandon, I think, over the next eight to ten weeks. Friday the show is still going. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sending them in, Brandon. We appreciate it. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the table. Anti Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at AntiUpMagazine.com. Or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.